everybody welcome tonight tonight it's uh it's a night where we would have liked to be talking about a great olympiakos comeback a victory at home against our arch rivals Panathinaikos, who we haven't beaten at home since 2016 in front of fans to be clear instead we're forced to talk about things that happened off the pitch the implications uh, social interpretations potential consequences here we are again a dark night for greek football another dark night for greek football we're gate seven international thank you for joining us tonight i'm joined by my namesake costas lianos costa with a k and labros sirmos who's back on the podcast back in the u.s Great to have you back, Labro. Would have liked to uh, have had this under very different circumstances, but but here we are again. Um, where do we start, Costa? Why don't Why don't you give me off, Costa. give me your thoughts and sentiment like right now? This is just another thing uh, we're going to be talking about for ages, just like Rizupoli, just like Ephthimiadis. Just like Oscar Garcia, this is something we're going to be talking about for ages in this country. I'm really not looking forward to it. It's just extremely sad because um, from personal experience, I can also tell you that when it comes to legal cases, things keep getting postponed and postponed and postponed. You have postponement after postponement. And I really fear that um, this season the title will once more be settled in court rather than on the field i have a feeling that this game this derby will constantly be hanging over our heads and we're constantly going to be thinking where is this gonna where where is this gonna go i do not expect a decision or a verdict to be reached anytime soon this is obviously going to go to court i mean we don't, there's no, just to make everybody understand, like, uh, there's no final result now. Nobody has lost 3-0. Nobody has had any points deducted so far. Uh, I'll, go with the, I'll go with it later. I'll go with the rules later, with legislations that I know about. But uh, this is definitely going to drag. This is 100% going to drag. Let's just, um, let's take a step back. So, for those of you that don't know what's happened, let's just clarify um, what we know, what we saw uh, in today's game. So, the um, the timeline for today, match started on time. First half, Panathinaikos uh, get a goal from a corner where we, you know, the, the ball's gone in from the corner kick. It's it was a set piece, wasn't it? That was yeah, a free, yeah, that was we, a free kick. It was uh, sorry, you're, you're right. It was a, it was a free kick from the, from the left hand side. And literally, the ball must have been in the in the penalty box for about ten seconds, ricocheting from one side to the other. Nobody could clear it. There were four players in front of Vayanidis, and Vayanidis somehow, like you know, scores a tap in because we couldn't clear the ball. So that's one nil. And for me, it was yet another cheap goal that we've we've conceded this season. And you know, all I can remember of us in the first half is a, a nice shot from Fortunis outside the box with his left foot and then a chance that Elkabi yeah. had with his left after a flick through from, from Podense. And otherwise, Panathinaikos having much the better first half for me. And then we come out in the second half, we get a goal immediately 
on the 48th minute after a nice high press, you know, leads to a, a through ball from, from Podense into Camara, one-time finish, slotted into the corner beautifully, 1-1, one, one, and you're thinking, there it is, the momentum, let's go. Like, this, the, the game is ready to turn. Uh, Jubel Kabi picked the ball up from the net and was taking it to the... to the. the I was taking it in for Panathinaikos. You knew Olympiakos were, were, were serious. They were, ta- they were smelling blood in the water. Exactly. So it's one-one, and you think, all right, let's go, and uh, and then all of a sudden, we don't really know what's happened. Like we we've all been to a Greek football stadium before. We've heard firecrackers go off. We know that you know they 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 like. You never play. forget the sound. You never forget the sound when you hear them. Is is if you're not used to it, if you've never if you've never heard that, it is it can be frightening. I can. It's always that. frightening because it always comes when you least expect it. It's always frightening. Yeah. Um, so then we've got no footage there's no footage that we've seen from Cosmo player being hit by something so someone's throwing a phone or a lighter or something um, now it seems that Panathinaikos Cosmo their line of argument here um there are other videos now on social media that okay, the, the the player's not been hit by a firecracker. That's besides the point. I think what we all want to say is that it's time for this shit to end um, with the firecrackers in particular. It's time. It's time for it to end, and offenders need to be banned. There need to be consequences. We were just talking offline before we started. Two years ago, there was a statement that came out from the club that the club's not going to allow these kinds of behaviours anymore. And it's two two years later, we're talking about the same things. Um, and I worry that this is going. It's just going to continue. Like it, it happened today. It's going to happen at another stadium, and it's going to keep happening and happening again and again and again. Um, Whose responsibility is it? The clubs blame the police. The police and the state blame the clubs. Um, endless I, I conversation. You, no, I'm going to stop because I. I, I don't blind. know. Have you guys been to the stadium this year? Ever since. Uh, I went. Ever I since, went with Genk. I went with Genk. I, ever since the the attack, there's actual police at the stadium, and they check you. I've, did you did you have to go through that? I went through that when I went to the stadium, and I actually got patted down for the first time going to the stadium. So it's like I don't know what happens. Maybe they load up the flares before going out, so or the day before. I, I have no idea what they do. Um, Guys, they, they they nobody checks. I mean, look at the lasers. The lasers. You no, know, the lasers are, one. have become. The lasers are so embarrassing, and it's like a Greek sport phenomenon. You saw it. I watched the Greece Netherlands game, and you saw it as yeah. well with the stupid, yeah. stupid lasers, man. And mm. no, the problem is no one gets punished for poor behavior, so the rest of us just have to do to suffer from these idiots. The consequences, like it, it really brings down the quality of the football when you see like twenty lasers on someone's face. Like it just looks like a complete joke. But I think. As a podcast and as fans of Olympiacos, we need to condemn the actions of whoever threw that firecracker. I that guy might have might have cost us the title. That guy must yeah. might have cost us the title right there. And I, but I, I hate the, I, I, I can under like we always want to go defensive and defend our club, but 
like throwing a firecracker towards players warming up is just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. I don't know if Juan Carr is injured, how far he was from the firecracker, but it's just, it is so unacceptable um, that stuff like this, this can, can happen, you know, like, and we as a club should condemn that fan's actions and say, he will be banned from the stadium for his actions. Like, why is that so hard to do? And it's just really unfortunate that we have to, we have to be thrown in this defensive stance of we need to defend the club or not the club, but we need to defend that fan's actions, no matter what, when what he did was incorrect and hurts the club. So it's, it's just such a shame that this game, the first half I have a lot of things to say about certain players, but you, you felt after that well-worked goal, like, okay, we're in it. But when the goal went in, I had this sink in my stomach because I thought, here we go again. They're going to light up 300 flares and we're going to lose the momentum of the game. They're going to launch firecrackers. I didn't think it was going to hit someone. But I thought, okay, we're going to wait 10 minutes again to restart because they launch firecrackers and the, the flares. And the fire, the pyro before games, like I love it as much as everyone else. But when we score an important goal and we start playing good football, how many derbies now? I, I wonder if Adi can go back and look. How many derbies have our own fans fucked for us? Sorry to say bluntly like that because of the bullshit with the flares and the firecrackers and the lasers too. Sometimes we have to stop games because they've shined too many lasers on players. Like as a club, are we gonna are we gonna just let this happen? Like it, it's costing us derbies. It's costing us matches. It, it's really, it's really just. It's this is the culmination of years of not taking action of these repeat offenders. Like I don't know if you guys hear during in the stadium when you're there in person and also on TV, you can hear it. They go, you're not, please stop using lasers. The, the fucking guy saying, please don't use a laser is never going to, n- never going to work. People need to crack down and ban the fans who use the laser. Is it that, that difficult, you know? Um, it, it's just really frustrating for, you know, fans who we've been waiting for this game. I, I don't want to even talk about course fans, whatever, they were waiting for this game. The whole of Greece was waiting for this game. Internationally, you should see our mentions on social media. People across Europe were tuning in for this game. It was like a top-of-the-table clash, Greek classico. And this is what fucking comes away from it. It's just an embarrassment for the country. And it's it, to an extent, it's embarrassing for us as Olympiacos fans because of this one guy's action and a few other idiots that we are suffering and facing the consequences and i'm i'm just so disappointed that tonight ends like this i, I it, w- it was a good game Oli Bacos wasn't playing great in the first half but we came back and we answered and it, it looked like it was going to be a fun night like this is what greek football is about like an, a hell of an atmosphere Oli Bacos, Panathinaikos, 1-1 second half let's see it both teams playing well like and it's just sold out Karaiskaiki, by the way. Sold out Karaiskaiki. And he, can I can I just say something on that point, r- real quick? Because, like, th- this is a Greek club, and we are kind of uh, a minority here of fans that are English speaking on this channel. Know, yeah. 
uh, Greeks of the diaspora and so on and so forth. There's a lot of people tuning in from other parts of the world, like Greece included. But, you know, there are people from Australia that woke up at 3.30 in the morning to watch this game. There are people that bought a 500 euro ticket to fly to Athens to watch this game tonight and then fly back home the next day. Left their families on the day of the game to travel to the, to the match, paid 500 euro for a ticket and then another 30 or 50 for a ticket for the game. And they've gone to the game and they've wasted their, they've wasted their day. They've wasted yep. their night. They're going to be mm -hmm. completely bummed out. Okay, if you're Australia, guys, you could go back to bed. Like we were talking to some Australians later on. It's like, guys, just go to bed. The game's not going to happen. But it's, it's not just the 33,000 pe people in the stadium. It's really Biakos fans all over the world that are pretty miserable after tonight because of the reasons that you were saying, Labro. It's like we, we felt that the game was turning and they were shitting themselves. Because they felt it too. They thought, oh shit, okay, the stadium's erupted. But, but it's the same. It's the it, same it, kind of felt, it kind of felt that that team that has been scoring four goals every week was back that night against Panathinaikos. It's like, shit, are they going to score that many against us as well? Like Diego Martinez gave a, a good halftime team talk. Team came out. And they looked great. Like that combination play between Maddie and Podense looked fantastic. And then it's just all for what now you know it's just now we're back to the same square like the worst part of greek football where we're back to the courts we're back to the owner statement can i also say something the the statement from panathinaikos posting the picture of the doctor who has pictures with like ike stadium ike staff beos marinakis alafuzos panathinaikos stadium it is so disgraceful we know the violence that is in Greek football to post pictures of this guy and just say like, oh, this is the guy who could screw us when we know the hooligan culture in this country. He's receiving death talk. threats. He's going to receive death threats. And they knew Already it. is. He did. He did. It. This guy is just looks like a normal guy who got picked out. You know, I am. And he, he's like a doctor who goes to the games, takes pictures with everyone. He. You know, he said he has pictures celebrating with Panathinaikos players after exactly. they won the cup two years ago, and he said what an honor. He said what an honor it was to be to to be part of this, and he said they, yes, Panathinaikos are back in Europe, and he was celebrating. And no, but I think the the just the worst thing to me is just like we all know the violence, we all know the threats people get. Like for fuck's sake, we have received threats, like not death threats, but like if you come to the stadium, I'll beat you up for that. What you said. And they directed all of their fans' anger, essentially, at this doctor who we still don't know what he has done or what. And now this guy's probably going to take him and his family into hiding because there's, there's probably going to be death threats and threats to this guy's safety. And it's so – like, I can't put it that really – I had no I, – I, I condemn the actions of the fan who threw the firecracker. I know Panathinaikos fans are upset, and I know – their club is upset, whatever. But just to stoop to that level of posting the pictures of this guy insinuating corruption and deep acts, and you just know this guy's family is probably going to receive death threats now. You know he's re already receiving death threats. And it really rubbed me the wrong way because it's just like, it, it's just so, uh, they, they know, they know what they're doing. And it's just a shame. And now we're, we're going to get into this bullshit back and forth, you know?
but let's let's give a bit of uh, to anyone who doesn't know what happened after Juan Car uh, fell down. A stretcher came in. It's very important to note that Christos Theos again came uh, came in to help uh, the the Panathinaikos medical team while Juan Car was down. They took him back, and he was looked after by the the doctor of the match. Now, what Panathinaik what what what? what and do correct what Vagelis Marinakis claims is that the doctor from the beginning said that he's fine, he's good to go. Panathinaikos said that he was dizzy and he couldn't hear well, and that uh, the 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 doctor uh, first said he's in no condition to play, but then changed his diagnosis, saying he's fine. And then they took him to hospital. It's important to mention that it took over one hour. The, the game was was paused for over an hour. Maybe maybe an hour and a half, and uh, he was taken to hospital. So the way I understand the rules now is that uh, if the if the match doctor deems that a player after an incident like that is not fit to play, that means that the opposing team is going to lose the game, and they're going to have a a point deducted. Uh, the referee, as far as we know, said that he never that didn't fall into his attention what happened there didn't fall into his attention that's why he claimed the game should continue but at the end it's all going to come down to what he writes on paper what the referee writes on paper about the incident and how it's going to that that's basically going to set up the narrative of this trial so there's already something that came out about that um at least from a statement from Costas Carapapas saying the referee informed that on the match report, Panathinaikos left the stadium by their own fruition, so by their own will. Um, so he did not instruct them that the game was being abandoned, but that Panathinaikos left by their own will. So that, as far as I know, means they lose the game 3-0 on paper, but they will appeal. So then it really becomes a political issue that gets dragged out in a Greek football federation court. And we all know, well, how things go in Greek football federation courts and who, you know, who sits on those courts. I got a, I got a question. I want to ask it. I'm, I, I, I'm going to try and ask it as best as possible. We've seen a lot of players diving to get penalties, to get red cards, to get fouls, whatever. And we're going to see it a, a, a gazillion times till we die. We've never seen... I, I'm addressing the, the, the conspiracy theory here. We've never seen a player faking an injury from a firecracker or something like that. Why would Juan Car fake it? It's funny you say that because there was a lot of chatter generally this week that the match would be abandoned. It was like you could like it was written, but you could also sense it in the undertone of the. Like, uh, honestly, I that's the first I hear of this. Honestly, I haven't been following to be honest. Yeah, but I what I want to say is just like I, I I'm not a doctor. I also don't know. Like if people are like, oh, the firecrackers far from Hong Kong. How did he? Like I don't want to judge what the guy felt. Like maybe. Like, I don't know, maybe his eardrum blew out. Like, who knows what the hell happened? No one knows what happened. You know, like, no, I, I don't want to sit here and say he's faking it. He's too far. 
I, I don't know. Like you looked at the guy, like I, I'm, and he looked like visibly messed up, right? Like there was I, one close up. Yeah, where he just didn't look right, and I, I don't want to yes. be here and say like, yeah. oh, we're Olympiacos fans. Like, no, that that firecracker was far from him. Like, does it really matter? Like, what the distance is? Like, who knows? Like how this shit works. I don't know like what the medical aspect of a firecracker blowing up next to you is. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and defend that. Like and and what Panathinaikos did by going out of the stadium, I think a lot of Greek teams would have done the same thing. We've yeah. seen this so many times. Mm. Olympiakos with the, the Finbogas and thing. We saw us leave for that as well. But but we saw what happened with Finbogas on though. Like it, it we did see that that it flare hit, going yeah. up and in his feet, in his legs, and it did burn his legs. Yeah, but what I'm saying is just like, it, it, like what a disgusting thing of like, oh, Finbogason actually got burns. Like Juancar was a bit, the beer can wasn't full that hit Ivich. Like, like, it's just such a shame, you know, that we're debating these things. Like when we should just come out and say what happened was wrong. It's disgraceful that a firecracker was hit. It's disgraceful that Finn Bogason was hit by a flare. Like, all of these things are disgraceful. In, in my opinion, what would be fair, fair, they did this for Ajax. They had the fans storm the stadium, I think, a few weeks back before international break. Restart the game tomorrow at the 50th minute with no fans and play the game out. In Greece, that'll never happen, but that's what they did in the Netherlands after the Ajax fans rioted. Um, so well, uh, I, sorry I, go ahead personally i'm just i i don't want to sit here and i've seen people do this and say no fucking juan car's full of shit. this i don't want to judge whether he's burned whether he's not burned whether they just wanted to run out of the stadium or whatever it's just such it's such a shame we're in this position you know again you know it's the bigger issue is we now have police outside of the stadium and everything else it would just be like can we can we get past this as a Greek society or is Greek society so sick? Like, are we a people just so broken almost that we just like accept that the, this is normal and we keep going. And I think I have an idea of what it is. So, Well, the thing is, we, 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 we think we've seen some amateur uh, footage showing the firecracker that indeed it didn't fall on him, but like as it, 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 there was some distance and there were two players next to him and there were more players warming up. They were fine. But like Labro says, something very important. They said that the same thing happened with Oscar Garcia and Tuba. When somebody did throw that uh, roll at his face, which it did hit him, and there is the footage showing that it hit him in the smack dab in the face, and they show like the injury. A lot of Pauk fans would be like, he's fine, nothing happened to him, like, he, that's not an injury, you, you Olympiacos fans are pussies, you should have come out and finished the game, but you're pussies, and that's the only way you know how to win games. Guys, this doesn't matter, because uh, if one person throws a, throws a firecracker at a player, and then the referee says it's fine, you know, let's go, another person is going to throw a, a glass bottle. Another person is going to throw a rock at a player. And, and, and that's how we could end up one day having a dead person on the pitch. And the other thing is that it never matters how much it hurts. If I slap someone in the face, 
we're not going to sit back and think, oh, did I dislocate his jaw? Did I break his, did I break his teeth? Did I hurt him? It doesn't matter. It's the gesture. It's what I did that matters, which is wrong. And what happened at Kareskaiki was wrong. The, the firecracker was wrong. And I'm absolutely agree with you, Labros. Firecrackers, flares, um, uh, lasers. There's a reason we don't see those things in European matches because UEFA doesn't, doesn't put up with this shit and they punish team clubs who bring in fans who do this and clubs ban those fans because they're telling you because they know UEFA doesn't put up with this shit. But here in Greece, we put up with it and then some. I mean, I mean, I think we're going round and round in circles here. Yeah. On this and I one. see what. Maybe no, those are important it. points. Those are very important points. But I, I no, 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 bring, no, no. I want to bring not... in some comments from people from some South Paw. It says, the important thing is what the doctor says, not what Labros or I say. And the doc said Honkar was okay. This is another thing. Olympiakos technically has the referee's side and the doctor's side on, on their side, right? So. It, that that's exactly right like i and i'm coming out and i'm saying like i don't know what the right decision was here you know i'm i have no idea i'm i'm not trying to defend anyone i'm not trying to say this was right this was wrong the one thing i think is wrong the two things the firecracker incident and then doxing the doctor who is probably now like fearful for his own and his family's safety i just feel like that is so shameful um, those are the things I'm. I, I'm. Wait, I'm going to wait for this to play, play out. I'm just so disappointed that we're here, here tonight. You know, like because it it really felt like this was going to be a classic. You know, like this was going to be a good one, and it just got snatched away from us, which is disappointing. As long as clubs don't take a firm stance on this, um, nothing's going to change. Mean? We didn't I'm even right, say yeah, we're going to yeah, ban yeah, the guy. Like, we should have said, remember, also, this is way back. Remember when the Korean fan was beat up outside of the Kariskaki? Mm. Those guys never got banned. Nothing happened oh, to those guys. Nothing. They're prob they were probably in the stadium tonight. And tonight, in the statements that I heard, there was no announcement of the ban. They're going to find who did this, and they're going to ban the person who did this. That was but, what but the, should have been said. Like, we are going to ban who found who did that firecracker and we're going to ban them from life from the stadium because they just stole maybe the season and maybe a huge game for millions of Olympiacos fans in Greece, in Europe, across the world. And it's just so disappointing, you know. Just like that Pauk fan who threw that role at Oscar Garcia, that fan cost Pauk the title that season. It wasn't Oscar Garcia, it was that, and it wasn't that gut game with Ike, it was that fan that cost them the title. Same here, same tonight, we're going to say, I'm going to say it in this podcast. This fan, fan, put as many quotation marks as you like, probably cost us the title this season. I'm telling you, we're going to find this in front of us. So this is going to be, this is going to be hanging over our heads all season, this whole situation. This person probably cost us the title i i don't know if it's too early to say something like that i don't i, I said probably i said yeah, probably it's and it's just so odd because i feel like some people in the chat like won't want us to defend what happened you know be like panathinaikos ran away those cowards like they're break the cycle just yeah. break the fucking cycle guys this is just going round and round in circles today it happened at karaiskaki tomorrow is going to happen at leoforos the day after tomorrow is going to happen at yasofia the day after that yeah. it will happen in volos 
wherever. It's the same thing. Like the clubs don't want to take responsibility for what's happening inside the stadiums. So it's not our fault. It's the police's fault. Oh, the police. It's not our fault. It's the club's fault. Who has the responsibility? Um, can we put some rules in place? Can we say like, okay, we like the flares in uh, in, in the in the in the Greek stadiums and it's a nice atmosphere. Flares at the beginning of the game, great, super. Light as many flares as you want at the beginning of the game. Let the smoke go away. Let however long that takes. Then play the fucking game. Play the game. No flares. Goals. Mm. We, we score a goal. Go crazy. Get up. Shout. Do whatever you want. Express yourself. Don't like. Do we really have to like? With, we have to put some rules in place, and they have to be implemented and enforceable. And like this, this thing where we're just ban, uh, not banning the teams, but fining them is bull. It's bullshit. It's not effective. So like, okay, we're going to fine you thirty thousand euros. Let me just find the pocket change, and I'll give it to you. It doesn't do anything like these these financial uh, like punitive measures. We have to put some clear rules in place, but who's who's going to do that? Those things need to be discussed at the Super League, and you know, there, there's a hostile environment there. In every game this season, in particular, all they're looking for is a little excuse, the smallest excuse to say I'm off. And they found it today, and we can have these discussions about, you know, did you're right, Labrador? What you said earlier, did the firecracker hit him or not? So I don't know. I wasn't there. I've seen a video, an amateur video, but where it looks like he hasn't. But but really, like, I don't know what impact it had on Juanca. I'm not defending Juanca. I'm not defending anyone. I would have liked to hear, like, a clear kind of statement, not of guilt from our club, but to say, we are going to do something about making our stadium safe. Do I feel safe as a 37-year-old with three children, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and, and an infant, to take like even my five-year-old daughter to a football stadium in Greece right now? That's the question. That's the question you need to be asking yourselves. Not, oh, did the, did the firecracker hit, hit someone? No. Is, are our stadiums safe? I think anyone in the chat tell me yes. Greek, sta Greek football stadiums are safe. No. Clearly no. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't bring my kids to to get tear gas, to get firecracked, to get smoked. That's, I think that's the, the depressing thing. You know, like kids go to stadiums at Olympiakos games. When I see kids at the stadium, it's like versus Ionikos or what, Kifisia, something where you know, like, okay, it's a little less intense. It's not in the evening. But the derbies, like, you don't want to bring you don't want to you don't want a child to be there you know it's which is just a shame you know and this is the thing like even as like a grown adult like walking around the stadium sometimes like i do not feel safe like i you, you like if i it, it's just such a shame you know it's just such a shame so i w i wish we could do something about it and also um i had there were statements by the government that they were going to take action about safety of fans and stadium safety and there from what i've seen there hasn't been anything that's changed so it's just it's it's just like the death cycle so i don't think anything's going to change um personally but you know it's just a shame just a shame we've seen people die like it's just 
when will it end? What like when is enough enough? You know, who's gonna who's gonna do something about about some of this stuff? So I don't know, guys. Should we talk about football a bit? Like, should we talk about fifty-five minutes of football or fifty-two, fifty-one? You guys even want we, to talk we, about we, that we can, tonight? We, we can try and talk about football because I do feel like we've. Like, what, what else is there to say? At least I, I'm done. At least, like Costaliano, I don't know if you've got. We're not done. We're never going to be done with that. We're going to be talking about this forever, and we're definitely going to be talking about this at the end of the season, especially if there's like a one or two point difference between the second. Um, just like I said, like it's just it, it, it's a real shame. It's a real disgrace. Uh, how this has um, how this has happened? Uh, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, I think we've uh, I think covered all the important aspects. I, I I just see people rushing to conclusions. Like I don't want to. Like let's see, let's wait and see what happens. And you know, it's there's no need to to be the almighty and know all the answers. So on that note, I want to talk about the football because. I thought I was coming back to Gate 7 International tonight to talk about Olympiaco. So I what well, about the football at least for Olympiaco. So I wanted to talk to you guys about kind of what what that was in the first half. Like that was really poor in the first half and really concerning. And all of the big games other than maybe the Ike game have been concerning for Olympiaco to start the season and I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to get worried that when I look at us play in the big games, I feel like we're leaderless, a bit rudderless, a bit spineless almost, I would say. I was, we were in the chat talking with Martial, and it's like, it, who would have thought in, what is it, end of October, we'd be saying like, wow, we could really use like a Jan Via in the midfield. Like, we need a six who's going to slide in and win the We ball. have one. We have one. He was injured. Who? Ibora? He was Ibora. injured. Eze. Santiago yeah, yeah. oh, Eze is yeah. great. He's but, awesome. He was injured. No, but what I'm saying is we need like, like, I, I just feel like we need a six bat. Like we need a spine. Like we, when Alexandropoulos, Mari Camara midfield is just, you know, just a bit of a, how do you say, like, not strong. There's not a, a ball winner in the midfields. Like, um, it, and we and the midfield was getting walked a bit the, today, and, and and there's periods where, uh, how can I say, Fortunis does not track back, and it, it just they were overrun in the midfield, and it was <coughs> difficult for for the team to deal with. The fullbacks I think suffered a bit because of the lack of support at times. So I was disappointed, and, and the center backs are going to kill us until January. The center backs are not up to the level, so. Those were my thought, my thoughts in the in the game. Doy, I th I think someone mentioned it earlier. For me, I was borderline red card by him. I understand it's a big derby. Maybe you don't want to send him off, but for me, that was a crunching tackle. He's so inexperienced, or not even in inexperienced. He he reminds me. He's like a Usain Uba. Like the the tackles, the way he when he goes tight on players, he puts his hands on, grabs jerseys. Like it's. It's just schoolboy football a bit to me, like, and I, I have no faith in him back there. So those were my thoughts about the game. And this is where I think we're going to have interesting discussions about, like, 
you know what 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 does this team look like? I think Costa and I were were chatting a bit and earlier this week, and we said, you know what, this is going to be a two year project. Like we didn't we didn't cover all our bases this window. This is like a team where a minimum lot of two year project. Like what I mean is like we don't have the central defenders probably that we want. We probably don't have the the, the striker that so there's positions that we still need to fill. And it reminds me of Martin's first year where the football starts looking good, things are better. But then you realize, oh shit, we have Hassan at center back or at striker. And then we have Vukovic at central defense or Miranda and you're, it's not all together. And then that second year, the kind of puzzle was complete, if that makes sense. So it feels like a few pieces here and there are missing from this team right now. And it's really hurting us in, in the big games, at least in the, in the least important games, like this team is enjoyable to watch, I would say. So, go ahead. I spoke a lot. Costa um, with a C. I don't know if you want to get into it. Sorry, I um, my, my connection's a bit shitty, so I I missed okay. the last 10, 15 seconds of what you said. I hear water running in the background from someone. Costa with a K. Is that you? Yeah, fair enough. But. So basically my whole thing is just like, there's a lot of pieces, there's some pieces missing in the team, you know, you feel that like central defense, maybe a striker is missing, but uh, yeah, that, that was my main point. So do you want to just talk about what you saw tonight from the team on the pitch? I think honestly, somebody wrote it in the chat earlier that would um the honeymoon period is over and um there is a really like challenging stretch of matches coming up right now we have to face west ham at home on thursday then we go away to offy which is traditionally a tough fixture for us and they look in pretty good form uh this season i actually don't know what they did this weekend did they win did they win their match did they play this weekend? I didn't, see, I didn't see. I can look. But anyway, like they they look like they have a solid kind of foundation and organizational structure behind them as well. They brought in a good manager or a manager that beat us and knocked us out. Nil, nil. It's nil, nil. Nil, nil with Kifisia away. Anyway, um, then we play we play West Ham again. We have to play Balk at home. Um, so there are some challenging fixtures coming up and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whatever it is um, that we see in the next few matches, it's clear to me that this manager is um, very principled slash stubborn in how he sets his teams up. We've never seen him play a three-man midfield. That was a discussion going into this game. Because these, these kinds of games, more often than not, they're won in the midfield. And... Playing with this kind of setup, you're always dependent on your high press functioning really efficiently and effectively. It did that when we scored the goal. That's the kind of football that he wants us to be producing. He wants us to cause errors inside the opponent's half and then quick, quick, um, quick transitions. That was, it, it, I mean, the goal, it was a steal by a ball-winning midfielder, which we said you know, we didn't have, Camara wins the ball, it goes off to Padense, Padense plays a through ball, bang, goal. That's it. 
those are the kinds of things that I think the manager is is looking for. When it comes to the build-up and the overall balance of the team, it's off. It's off. Like you look at, you see it in the defensive transition when we lose the ball. When we lose the ball, there are moments on both sides, not just in the middle, where they break through and just find spaces so easily. Rodinez out of position because he's too far up the pitch, or, or Ortega's caught too far inside and there's space on, on the touchline. Uh, so uh, Fortunis isn't tracking back because he's playing on the left, but not really playing on the left. So who's covering Ortega? Who's helping him? No one. So the, the, the balance is off in the team. We're still looking for it. And we don't have that consistency. We don't have that consistency, like that ability to play 90 minutes or, or 70, 75 in a consistent fashion against good teams. You can do it against the, the lesser teams in Greece and you can walk all over them, score four or five goals. But when you go and play against teams that have built over the years, there is, is where you get exposed. And while I do feel that the goals we've conceded in Europe, the majority of them, if not all of them, are cheap. They're cheap goals, like a pass back or a silly foul inside the box. Or even today, just the inability to clear the, the ball from our own penalty box. There are four players looking at Vallanides and nobody's clearing it. Oretzo's putting his foot out before Pascalakis can put a hand on it and just finish it. So uh, th there's, there's errors of decision-making, but, but big picture, like this, this team, the players, the balance for me is, is off. We're still looking to find the right balance, and I'm not sure we're going to find it this season there's individual quality in this team that can help us there's no other player like Podense in this league um so that's a factor that will help us but i don't know if it's sustainable that's where i'm at um sorry i talked long <laughs> no it's okay we all we all speak uh, for very long i mean yeah. for me it's extremely important that santiago Eze wasn't playing when i saw that when I, at first, like we had this uh, a Patreon member uh, sent a, a link from Sportal, and I had a little look around, and I couldn't, I couldn't confirm it from any other uh, um, respectable source. And I said this cannot be true. And when it was confirmed, I just knew this is gonna, this is gonna hurt us. I knew this was gonna hurt Olympiacos. I knew we'd be caught out at the back because you know our centre backs are a disaster this season. When it comes to the goal, it was cheap again, but I also feel like we were a little unlucky because it was a situation where when it comes to a ball that you think to yourself, will the goalkeeper get to it? The goalkeeper usually shouts, my ball, the chiamo. But on this occasion, it was all so quick and also surprising that Pascalakis didn't have time to tell Rezos next to him, leave it, I got it. And Rezos had to make a decision because you're thinking to yourself where you're at. Rezos was, at, was on the goal line. If I let it go through, we're conceding. Because I cannot tell right now Pascal is going to get to it. So I have to do something. Either, either I don't touch it and I let it go through and everybody's going to have a go at me because I didn't clear it. 
when it was so easy, or I clear it and God help us. And I think that's what the Retzos did right there. So I think we were a little unlucky. But you said it, uh, and um, one thing I am definitely gonna, going to add on that is uh, don't go for any envilas in the January transfer. Go for a center back. The, the January transfer window is for tweaks. It's not to create a team to win the title. It's for tweaks. And right now, Olympiacos only need a center back in my book. If you get a good center back, that, that's going to be a completely different story, especially a center back who can work with the number six. A center back that inspires security at the back will give the number six a lot more freedom and a lot more confidence and the number eight that's with him as well uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, waffle anymore but what i'm definitely gonna say is i've watched west ham play this season and i just can't see this team getting anything out of west ham in the next two games west ham are really good this season uh, especially in midfield. And one thing that really worried me about the Panathinaikos game is we're, th we're giving away a lot of free kicks willy-nilly close to the uh, to the box, which with West Ham, that's a big no-no with West Ham because they got a player called James Ward-Prowse who has scored as many free kicks in the Premier League as one David Beckham. He's one free kick away from breaking the record of most free kicks scored in the Premier League. We cannot be giving free kicks away. I'm very worried about Doi. Uh, that could have been a red card. But I will say, I will say this, guys. Like here, here in this podcast, we've, we've, we've whinged a lot about the B-team players not getting promoted. Well, Rezos and Doi are from the B-team, basically. They are from the academy. They are getting a lot of stick, especially Rezos last season and Doi this season. Uh, which is why I was very worried about Vatslik last season when everybody was like, get rid of Vatslik. Uh, he's shit. Let's bring in Zolaikis. And I told you, if Zolaikis comes in and makes one error after another error, I'm not going to hear any of it. No Frodlaikis, no Frodzolaikis, no nothing. Because that's what happens. You need to be patient with those players. So, yeah, okay, I'm very in favor of promoting the B team players, but... We need to be patient. Don't kill them after after two uh, two bad performances. For me, Doy is. Uh, I I just don't I don't like him as a player. I, I really don't rate him. I, I don't. Martial said, and also in the preseason, Martinez was playing him more in the six. Like maybe he would look better there, but like as a central defender, Jesus Christ, he is not. He was good last season, though. Just like Kretzos was good with us in this first season. Then he came back, he was shit, I, and I now he's good again. What, he was all right. I still think his technique and the way he defends is very clearly not taught. You know, the way he... When he goes tight, he's very tight. He's grabbing, he's holding, he's... The way he goes into tackles is too hard. So it's very Ba-esque a bit. Um, so Perozo will start in the defense as well. So someone said Perozo it is. I, I don't know about you guys. I, have we even seen him play a full game? I, I don't no, think no, so. No, we've never but seen him play a full game. Anytime he's on the pitch, I feel like what a bottle of nerve seeing him play. Um, so We just addressed this one quickly from Sam Pragnell. Yeah. Uh, it says, West Ham fan who's traveling over for the game on Thursday, do your fans not conduct this behavior in Europe due to UEFA punishments? No. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, European games are calmer compared to what we saw today. So you, you, you'll you be fine. 
you'll get a yeah, but yeah. but the West Ham fans need to conduct themselves as well, like because we've seen what they did in the Europa Conference League final when they cracked that Fiorentina player's head open. Players, like head? yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, this. Fiorentina player's head was cracked. It was he was busted open, oh, and they were they yeah. they had a they, they had a ban. They had a they, they had a fan ban soon after but like yeah i mean like i said to another west ham fan i know if you also conduct yourselves i'm sure it's going to be just fine yeah guys it's don't a joke i'm sure i'm sure they're going to conduct themselves it's going to be fine man just come on over and enjoy greece you deserve it yeah so anyway should we just wrap this up like i don't think this needs to be a long episode i, I do want to say i do want to say we're playing panathinaikos no. in the cup first game in loforos I am worried of, because uh, here's the thing, if there are no repercussions when one fan hurts another player, then the opposing fans could try and look for revenge at the other, at the other players. So I am worried about our players now going to Leoforos a bit. And that is why it's important to have justice in this thing. And that is why it's important the rules are put into effect. Um. And also, it's Leoforos is like an old school stadium where the fans are on top of the players as well. It's a bit. I know our stadium; we get real close to them as well as they warm up. But there, it's like they're right on top of each other. So that is the worry as well. But anyway, I just want to talk real quick about West Ham. Oh, here you go, Costa. Go ahead. Yeah, no, this is a question that's been popping up a lot about Hesse and whether whether he's going to play on Thursday. There's no news, literally, Costa. I don't know about you, mate, but. I, I think we all found out hours before kickoff that Hesse is actually injured. There was no no indications about him not playing today or that he had any kind of injury. So, and there is still no news. There was for well, the record. Sorry. For the record, there was no no um, no press statements after today's game. None of the players spoke to the press. There was no post-match press conference. Uh, the manager didn't make any comments So because actually the game never ended. So no post-match. Um, so we don't know anything about Hesse. Um, Costa, I don't know if you heard anything. Well, what we do know is that he's dealing with enochlisis, niggles, a knock. That's the best translation we can come, out, come up with. I hope he's saving him for West Ham. Which, that kind of confused me because I felt like the Panathinaikos game is more important considering we need to win the league this season. Uh, I ho Hopefully he's saving him for West Ham. But what I do know is Enochlis is knock slash niggles. The, the weird thing for me for Heze is like I saw on his Instagram because we follow all of the players. Um, he was like traveling the whole international break with his girlfriend, I think. Like or for yeah. the days they got off. So I'm just like a bit confused. Like when when did he get? He must have got an injury. Like once he got back into training, or like was he traveling around Probably. with the injuries? Probably like I bit, don't know. It's a bit strange, like because he they were posting on the Instagram traveling. So I was like, yeah, it came out of nowhere, you know. So. Fun fact: Rio Ferdinand once injured his leg while he was watching TV and had his leg on a on his coffee table for like an hour or so. He didn't move it. Got injured. Fun fact. There you go. So, anyway, any let, let's just say that like, any hope for Thursday? Any hope do we have coming out of this game? I I cannot. I would be shocked for me if we get a result with West Ham. 
for me that would be like getting a result from Bayern Munich back in the, in 2020 it would have been like getting a result from Bayern Munich in the 2019-2020 season when we almost beat Tottenham your useless team ναι, μην μου πείσετε ότι κερδίσατε, πήγαμε να κερδίσουμε την ομαδούλα σου. Μην μου πείσετε ότι πήγαμε να κερδίσουμε την Τότεναμ. Μην μου πείσετε ότι πήγαμε να κερδίσουμε την Τότεναμ το 19 και το 20. Don't touch Tottenham, mate. Okay, okay, sorry. So I take that back. I think that a team that hasn't won a T-Cup since 2008 is amazing. That season, that season, we almost beat Bayern Munich at home. We should have we did. at least got a draw that season. But anyway, um, there's something about these two games. With West Ham. There's something about these two games with West Ham that I'm like, I don't know. There's something about it in my gut. Like I feel that we can get a result, if not. Uh, at home, like one of these two games, we're going to steal some some points. It's not going to be a zero. I'll be disappointed. I'll be disappointed if we get zero points from these two games against West Ham. Honestly, um, don't know how well they travel. Um, I think it will be a good game on Thursday. Is it is it a joke for me to say that the players are going to be rested uh, because they didn't really play today? Uh, uh, I would I, I would tread lightly with that. I was thinking yeah. about saying it, but I thought maybe not. You know, too early, uh, too soon. Yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's too soon, but yeah. Uh, well, people, uh, people want to fight. People want to fight here. It's just like, <laughs> why not? Why not? It's good to have a little intrigue in this, man. It's cool. We can we can let our hair down. Uh, you're lucky you're well. not an Arsenal fan. Well, Arsenal are the team I like the most in the Premier League, and I've said that before, and I've been I've gone on record a, a gazillion times with this. Ah, uh, they lost to and they lost Aston Villa two 0 yeah, I'm uh, looking today. at the, the team. They play like a four-three-three. Is that correct? I, I'm, I'm looking on flash score. Yes, and their and their fullbacks Antonio are injured. Uh, Cresswell is injured. Mikhail Antonio plays everywhere, and he's a very good striker for West Ham. Do not do no, not underestimate Mikhail Antonio. I'm not underestimating. I was just surprised. I don't. I haven't watched much, and they have Mavropanos, the disaster at the back as well. So. Hopefully it's not going to be him, edge. though, as well. It's going to be Nayef Aguer who plays at centre-back. And yeah, who's the other one? Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting Zuma. Costa. Kurt Zuma, bravo. Bravo, Labro. I have bravo, the team bravo. up here. I have the team yeah. here. Also, Emerson, is that the one from Chelsea, is still there? Yeah. yeah he, never he's got at sold. Suchek. It, it's, so, they won the Conference League last season, right? It's so a it's solid team. Yeah. yeah, it's a solid like, team. Yeah, mate, yes. James Ward-Prowse, for God's sake. Every single set piece, of course, I was saying earlier, every single set piece outside the box is danger. They're top half. They're top half of the Premier League. Like, it's going to be really difficult night for... But but I will be but one my only hope is hopefully we're going to pull off a Borussia Dortmund like back then when we lost to Marseille lost to Arsenal and then we were having Dortmund who were on the up with Jurgen Klopp and we beat him if this happens that's going to change everything. Yeah, and how how did, how have they done so far in the other group games? I haven't followed. They won them all. They've won so. both of them. They won both yeah, of them. Okay. Um, I, I know they, they beat the mighty Batskatopola. No, but they had some trouble with them, didn't they? A bit, like, yeah. But they beat them, I mean. But they beat no, them. They, no, they smashed them, man. But they oh, were okay. smashing them. Okay. I think they did have, in the first half, I think Labro was right. I think in the first half there were some issues. Like I remember but anyway. saying they scored. They, they, or... they, copped, they copped a goal on their only counterattack. And then they, they were just bombarding them the whole game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, 
screw it, guys. Like, um, I, I, I have no, I have no expectations. Also, um, this is a whole nother thing. Like, we are such losers in Europe these days. Like, whatever happened to this is the disappointing thing. Like, this used to be a proud European club that anyone who came to to our place was scared. And these days, like, that means fuck all. Like, I, I don't want to like. I, I Mar Martial always says we're almost like the OM of Greece these days. Like our stadium, like people just walk in European fixture. It's and it like hurts to say that, but look at our record in Europe. It's just like it's so disappointing. So there's no expectations on my side. It's not like three or four years ago when you were like, okay, they're coming to our house. We'll we can beat anyone here. It's not like that anymore. So. Um, no expectations even being at home so i i just want to see a good match just perozo don't get a red card don't do something st stupid like let's see some let's see something you know let's see something so let's you well, never the know. thing is the the thing is clubs come and go when it comes to their successes and their failures they come and go i mean look at us we're olympiacos fans you know talking about the past and how we're losers now dude I, is there a man united fan on the comment section is there a Chelsea fan in the comment section? Because they're going to they're, they're going to have a much better story to tell us. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The uh, I've been following Olympiacos since 1999, and I've noticed that I've noticed a, a great deal of young Olympiacos fans who are spoiled as hell because they're just used to winning the league in the, in the winter. And of course, they're not. Just we used didn't win us. a game in Europe for like 18 games. It happens. It happens. No, it, it, teams come normal. and go. Like, teams come and go. Look at Chelsea. Look at fucking Man United. You know, look at Barcelona. Look at Barcelona. Costa. Like it's such a loser mentality that this club never had. Like. I am so sorry, like man, like I just okay. So, so I, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. This was Gate Seven International, th uh, by the fans for the fans. Uh, that's all for this season. Join us next season because this no. season we're losers. Fuck, that's not what I mean. Anyway, we can talk. We're the about we're the, we're the OM of France. So, guys, or watch go. Find another team uh, till uh, yeah. until until the summer and come back. And we're gonna we're, hopefully we're gonna be more like PSG. You don't get you don't get my point. Like my point is just it's disappointing. What's anyway? It is dis it is disappointing, but that doesn't make us losers. Just, you know, just like and you see like Freiburg walk in and go like three nil, and you know, like it's just disappointing because of what we were and what like we, yeah. Anyway, you you guys even in your generation, like your generation, Olympiacos won at home, right? Like that was the thing. Like we won at not always, yeah. not always. No, no up, 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 up. until until that Manchester United team came to the Oaxaca and beat us two 0 Literally, there wasn't a team that could come in and and, and win two 0 They beat us two 0 But but like I I see what you're saying, Labro. And the way I see it is that you know Greek football in general plummeted, the standard went down, and we didn't follow the rest. And we, we stayed behind. And but for a couple of seasons, uh, Marco Silva, like we had some big wins during his tenure, like one season. And then Martin's first and second seasons, you know, it's been, uh, it hasn't matched up to, you know, the glory days. And people are rightly disappointed that you have teams who you didn't know yesterday, like Freiburg or whoever, 
but you know respect to those teams because they respected the the rules of football or the unwritten rules of football how do you build a club not a team how do you build a football club from the grassroots up that's something we haven't learned we haven't cracked it yet we've got gems in our academy like costulas and musakitis and whoever and we don't know if they're like you know in in a in a properly like a modern club for sure these players are going to play yeah but we don't know that i'm going into other topics here but um i think you're both right so sorry to play the diplomat here no but Anyway, this is a conversation for another night. Who thought when we started we would get here again? It, we we always have these like philosophical discussions here at Gate Seven and Turn. Like I, I'm just trying to think of like Nikola Kopilos on Sport FM. Like the philosophy around Olympiacos has changed. Look at the European record, and it's almost OM. Like could you, could you imagine? You could you imagine that? That's why we're special here. Anyway, <laughs> it's just I feel like we're we're dealing with last season's hangover to an extent, yeah. which makes a 100%. lot of sense. Because yes, I've yes. I've said I've said it a gazillion times, and I'm going to say it again. Last season's Olympiacos was the second worst Olympiacos since Petrina Hronia, and I spent since 19. Uh, uh, how many teams did Olympiacos win uh, uh, win in Europe away in the Champions League from 1997 until 2006? A grand zero. That's what I mean with the comings and goings. Uh, I'm not pleased with what I'm seeing, but I truly, truly believe Olympiacos are in the right direction. They have a really good manager. Uh, Right now, we're really let down by our defense, conceding ridiculous goals, which is far more, it's far better for me that we're conceding ridiculous goals rather than tactical goals, because if we were conceding tactical goals, that'd be much worse, because ridiculous goals, that means we just need to make a few tweaks. It doesn't mean, oh my God, we need to start from the beginning. This this whole team is, is dog shit. So, no, 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 you know, no, we're, on, we're in the right direction, you know? We're, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to, but I, I, I already said this, uh, like, my analysis of the game is like this is a two-year project and it feels very martin's year one uh, maybe worse maybe worse. worse than martin's year one but it's like there's holes missing and things aren't going exactly right but you see there's a base there's a few players there's something there but it's not there yet so it's like do we trust the process like i'd love to see I'd love, like, fingers crossed Martinez makes it to year two and we do another preseason and go for it and bring in a few more pieces. This season, you know, it's all... We are recovering, like you said, Costa, from, like, one of the worst Olympiacos teams we have ever seen. Like, this is going to take time. So, again, what what did we say during the transfer window? Trust the process and, yeah, let's... let's, let's We're going to hashtag it. We're going to hashtag that. Yeah. Exactly. That's what the majority of fans, I think, they believe that, like, we, the priority is winning the league. I think that's very clear. And the majority of fans believe that if you spend money and bring in loads of players, that you'll win the league. Okay. Um, I'm, I don't agree with that philosophy personally. Even if in Greece, like, the one with the bigger pocket tends to be the one that wins. But it's going to be a lot tougher than that this season. And I think we saw we saw some factors play their part tonight. Probably going to see more of that, unfortunately, this season. But uh, anyway, season. Like, can, can, I, can I ask you... There, there's two, two, two questions I have before we, we close. Can either of you remember a goal that we've conceded this season 
where you've thought, wow, they opened us up like, you know, they cut through us like a knife through butter. That was an amazing play. Because personally, I can't. I think I alluded mm. to it earlier on today. Just all the goals that we've conceded, especially in the big games, they've been from our own, like, just stupid mistakes. I, like, if the other team mm. opens us up, no, chapeau. But I can't think of any. Can you? Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, like I said, it's much better when you concede goals from your own mistakes rather than having teams open you up like, like bread. Let's see. Let's see. The other question. I, yeah. Kini or Ortega on Ortega. Uh, Ortega on Thursday. I liked Ortega. I do like Ortega, guys. And I think he deserves it. He needs rhythm. He needs consistency. I think. I, I didn't. I, I personally today I was disappointed with Ortega. But I also think when you have Costas Fortunis on the left wing who tracks back like prime Marcelo for Olympiacos, like <laughs> it's tough one on one. Like, so he, w he was left on an island quite a bit tonight. Um, but I was a bit disappointed. Is it just Mary's a bit slower than you thought he was going to be too? He's not that quick, is he? He's not. He doesn't go by people very fast. Anyway, his his opponents weren't. But I, I'm I'm going to start Ortega because Kini I feel like is uh, fell off really hard. So I want to see more of Ortega. What what did we say? There's like three or four games he's played for us. Like like he I want to see. Uh, did he start the Ayat game? I think he did, didn't he? Uh, Ortega. I don't think so, because we were talking about whether he's going to start the next game. Freiburg. Freiburg he started. Freiburg he started. Remember, because yeah. he saved him for... He didn't play him against Ike, and then he played him for... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's getting late for you guys. So, well, West Ham now. Yeah, West Ham now. Two score predictions if... real quick on our side. Costa with a K. Predictions for West Ham. <laughs> Way too early yeah. predictions. Two nil West Ham. I'll go three one West Ham. Mm -hmm. Costa, let's see. Three one Olympiacos. Classic. Classic Dortmund. Classic Dortmund. Classic Dortmund. Classic Dortmund. Classic Dortmund. There's going to be a Costa. Costas can see it. Costas can see. Can see us doing a Dortmund. I read there's going to be a choreo on Thursday. So. Let's see. Maybe West Ham fans, what do you think? Leave us a comment about the game on Thursday. Okay. I think we're going to be speaking to some West Ham fans on Tuesday as well. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. So keep keep it locked for that. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Kalinichta, good night. Good morning, wherever you are. Good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Um, do remember to hit that like button if you're still with us, if you're watching it back. Hit the like button. It really helps to get the channel out to, to others that haven't discovered this uh, fantastic channel already. Hit the subscribe button. Also, fun fact, 80% of the people that have come into the show tonight and in general, 80% 80 of people that watch the show do not subscribe to the channel. So if you're one of those people, subscribe to the channel. You can comment. You can, um, you can follow us on social media. Anything to add? Check out our Patreon as well, guys. If you want more content, uh, you get access to our WhatsApp group, extra 
content, merchandise, you can find out more at patreon.com slash gate seven, the number international. It's in the description as well below. Want to add anything, guys? Or should we wrap it up there? No. Perfecto. We'll see you guys again for sure on Thursday. Enjoy Patreon. Enjoy. Peace. Peace. Gatti magica, la pepata go, la sutra.